Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Agent Power Huddle. I've got an amazing guest here today that uh, um, said something very casually on a mastermind the other day. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. We should, we should dive into that. We should unpack that. So our, our guest is the one and only uh, Armand Lenchek. Armand, how are you today? I'm great, Jesse. How are you? Fantastic. And here's what we're going to do. Armand's been, been doing this real estate game a long time. Uh, 20 years. 20 years. Okay. 20 years. And we're going to unpack in 30 minutes or less, 20 years worth of learning. No, I'm kidding. We're, we're not going to impact your entire career. But we, we, we know, man. But... No worries. We got it. <laughs> All right, cool. So, so this is, this is what, what he said. So he's been doing this 20 years. And uh, he made a comment the other day. And he's like, yeah, you know, we, we had six, between me and my team, we had six new listings. And I kind of paused. I was like, that's pretty cool. Right? Like we kind of went through where they showed up from. And so we're going to unpack what he did early in his career that now at this point, listings just show up. We're going to break down the difference between he has different strategies for, uh, you know, cold versus warm leads very distinct and he, and he really strong bias towards the, towards the warm side. Correct. Armand. Absolutely. About 80% of my business is warm leads. Yes. All right. So, so let's, so let's start with, um, I just want to take us back to the beginning because we have people listening to this that might be early in their career or with the market shift, they're just kind of re, if they're rebuilding or changing or looking what's working. What are some of the things you did early on in your business? And then let, let's break it down. And like, if you were to do it again, would you still do some of those things? So what, what were things you did early on when you were starting out? Absolutely. We do it all over again. Um, the main thing is the personal touch. Uh, you know, when I started, I was a teacher. I'd come, come from being a teacher, uh, actually a guitar teacher at that. So that just means that I had, uh, I had 40 students a week. And that means that I was running into those people every week or every other week and talking to them briefly, you know, right before the lesson, either the parents or the person themselves. And uh, as I was getting ready to start this real estate business, I said, hey, by the way, you know, I'm getting ready to get my license in real estate, you know, and that's just led to a natural conversation with, with, with basically everybody. Um, so I had a good little list of, of people to call once I really got started in real estate. And also, I just made it a point to talk to everybody that I, was, that I knew about real estate. Um, and got it, and was getting involved with lots of lots of things um, with my son. My son was about five years old, uh, you know, doing rainbow uh, little league, uh, you know, uh, t-ball, baseball, and uh, and soccer. Uh, so um, I uh, once I got my license and got started, I uh, sponsored his soccer team and his t-ball team. So I had all these little little kids running around with my name on the back. <laughs> and but also, also I was also there. I was also there for all the games. So I got to talk to all the uh, all the parents on the sideline while the kids were running around playing. And just natural conversations between myself and basically everybody that I knew led to my first two or three years worth of real estate deals. Wow. And so it's really interesting when you talk about it. I mean, I've you've seen some of these uh, the sports teams just like the 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 name on the back of the local company or the sign. But for you, it really was like a relationship 
it was, it was not just about put, 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 it was not just about plastering your name everywhere. It was truly just, I mean, are you naturally driven to build relationships or did you do it kind of strategically for, for business reasons? Well, both, I'd say both. Um, I, I would say this, you know, you can't just sort of throw a billboard up there and expect people to call you. It just doesn't work that way. And even if they do, that's a really low level lead. That's a very, very, very cold lead. They don't know you from Adam. They just see your name and number on a billboard or wherever you've got it out there. There's just nothing. There's no connection there. Whereas imagine if you take that same billboard, if you would, and let's say it was in a particular, let's say it was in the neighborhood you lived in. I don't know how you'd arrange that, but the point is you're going to be walking the dog in the neighborhood and talking to all your neighbors. And then all of a sudden they know, okay, oh, yeah, Armand's a real estate agent now. And here I am talking to him, you know, walking the dog. Oh, how's the market? What's happened in the market? And it just naturally leads to conversations. So that's a big difference. If you do any advertising at all, it's got to be followed up by some way of personally connecting with people personally. Interesting. And, and you say you say naturally. For, for you, it probably feels natural. I mean, does it truly just really, you just wait for real estate to come up? Do you, do you bring it that direction when you're having these conversations? How is that? And has that changed over the course of your career? Or has it literally always been the same where you're just kind of having conversations as real estate comes up, you, you're knowledgeable enough to chat about it. How's that for you over the course of your career? Great question. And um, I just, yeah, I just have to reiterate that, that, that it does come up naturally. People are going to always want to know what's happening with you as just as you want to know what, what's happening with them. Um, if you want, you can get formal about it and do what's called a Ford call. Ford stands for family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Uh, just imagine every person you run into say, Hey, how's the family? You have to be proactive and say, Hey, how's the family? You know, how are the kids? I mean, I, you know, soccer and T ball, that's, you know, we we're talking about the kids. There's a natural thing, and they ask you about your kids. And then, you know, you kind of somehow the, the, the conversation morphs into occupation. Oh, yeah. How's the job doing? Oh, your, jo your job is being a real estate agent? Huh. Well, how's the market going? Everybody asks that. It just naturally, yes, it does naturally flow. I don't think you have to force it. What you may have to force is yourself getting a little bit out of your comfort zone to initiate conversations with people. That's, that, that's really all. So, so that was my question for you. So did, did you, did you ever have a time when you had to like get out of your comfort zone? Or are you pretty naturally wired just to be outgoing and chat with people? Don't, don't make any mistake about it. There are very, 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 very few people who are naturally gregarious and outgoing so much so that they can just get out there and into the world and, and be successful at sales. 99% uh, of us have to force ourselves to to be gregarious and to be outgoing and so so forth yeah you know deep down inside i'm actually a very shy guy <laughs> i i, I, mean, I, 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 I kind of have a feeling you you're you're at some level an introvert correct uh, definitely yeah I'm, yeah i'm definitely an introvert but i've i've trained myself i've forced myself over the years and years and years of getting outside and 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 getting outside myself and trying to be personable and so you you've run teams for years. I'm just imagining you've trained a lot of, you know, agents to help them also get outside of their own, you know, get a little out of their comfort zone and for either for yourself or for anything you've trained. How do you help people to, to like, to, to get into that, to get out a little bit and get into that, that zone? That's a great question, Jesse. And um, it's really about finding what the person um, really likes to do themselves. 
That's a really cool thing about real estate is your personal loves of the things you like to do in life can lead to real estate deals. Um, you know, just uh, I was thinking about, about this the other day, you know, a good buddy of mine, uh, back when I first started real estate, you know, he used to say, oh, you know, in order for me to get real estate deals, I just go to the bar and hang out, have a drink. <laughs> you go drinking to get, to get real estate deals. Well, kind of realistically, yeah, because you're sitting there at the bar and somebody's next to you and you just naturally have a conversation. Or like I did, you know, go to go to rainbow soccer and, and t-ball. Um, uh, get involved in the PTA, you know, uh, parent-teachers association or school. Things you would do normally, naturally in your life can real should lead to real estate deals. So I love it. Of finding what you really like to do and basically push that a little bit further. And and I imagine from 20 years ago to today, nothing has really changed in terms of that that method to still generate business. Correct. That's correct. It's still all about relationships, you know, with all the fancy schmancy digital stuff. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. All the different methods of communication. It still comes down to somehow having a conversation one on one with somebody about real estate. Okay, so so the first couple of years, it was all about taking the things you did and really, uh, you know, just having those nat- those natural conversations, getting a little out of your comfort zone. From there, right? From there. Um, what did you do next? I know you've launched some, you do some geographic farming. Did you get directly into that? Or what did you do next as you kind of built your business? So this is the real kicker. And this is the thing I try to remind people who are, try, who are trying to get into real estate from the very beginning, that it does take literally years to really get going really well. And here's the reason why. I was thinking in preparation for this, for this call today, I was thinking about, you know, uh, okay, where are my listings coming from today? And the answer is today's listings started three to seven years ago. I, I, it's, I love it. You just depressed everybody listening. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, but yes, I, I have to. Yeah, being realistic about it is, is really important. It does take a while to get started in real estate. Definitely you can do it. You know, obviously, you know, we've done it. People can do it, but it's not a given. You have to work really hard to begin to get what we call a book of business. And what I mean by that is that very first person that you sell a house to, you put them in the house, that first person, the question then becomes, okay, what are you going to do to follow up with that buyer that loved you when you when you helped them buy that house? They love you. Now, what are you going to do to maintain that relationship over the next three to five years? That's the kicker. That's the key. And I, I was thinking about it, and I literally, before I call here, Jesse, I made a list. Let's hear it. So, Here's the list, okay? Um, So you you sold somebody a house three years ago. And the question is, since then, have you done this? Have you sent them a postcard every every month? Have you sent them a newsletter every two months? A newsletter that shows what's sold in their neighborhood and just a little bit of information about the real estate market. Have you sent them an email every month? that has a little bit about what's going on in the real estate market, plus a little bit about what's happening with you personally, just a little, sharing a little bit about what's happened with you and your family or, or your hobbies or whatever it is, to, something to make you a little bit personable in that email newsletter. Have you sent them a video email every month? Same sort of thing, it's just a slightly different format. Some people like to read text, some people like to see videos. So you got those, those things you're doing, but wait, there's more. Ah. Most importantly, 
Have you followed up with them every year on the anniversary of their sale to say, hey, let's do an annual review. Let's see how much your, your, your home is appreciating. Oh, by the way, have you done any renovations or updates? Let's put that in the in the uh, in the hopper here. See that how, how that affects your value. Man, people love 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 that. The annual reviews are huge. I gotta do them every every. I have a big book on my desk that has everybody that I've sold the house to. It's divided into months, and every Thursday I jump into that and, and start calling people I've sold houses to last year, year before, year before, year before. And almost every single week, I have somebody say, hey, I'm so glad you called. We're thinking about selling our house. Just from doing these annual reviews. So three years ago, you should have done three annual reviews with that buyer. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Are you doing client events? Now, that's kind of higher level stuff. Once you've got a good big book for the business, you might want to go ahead and like rent out a movie theater to throw a free movie for your past clients. No obligation. Just hey, come see a, a really great movie with with your with your with your family. And by the way, I get my uh, my lender and my contractor and my home inspector and who knows to help sponsor this event. So it hardly costs me anything to do. So it's a very cool thing. Client events are huge once a year at least. And then of course, um, uh, you know, nowadays didn't have this twenty years ago, but nowadays we've got Facebook and all the social media. Man, get involved with that Facebook just to sort of keep track of what your people are doing uh, online. Um, and finally, have a very good website, you know, so that people can know, know who you are and, and can follow, can find you online. That was a That's great list. That, that is the formula, you know, and, and it's tried and true. There's nothing, nothing really fancy about it, but it does involve doing the work for three to seven years to get somebody to show up today to say, hey, I'm ready to sell my house. And Jesse, I hate, I hate to brag, okay, but it's important for people to know, I have six listing appointments this week. Four of them are past clients. Four of them are past clients, you know? So, I mean, it works, but, you know, it works. It does work. And it, and it kind of begs, um, Bigs, something that's worth diving into the consistency piece. You, you told you told me a story yesterday first that will you tell the story about that that top producer uh, right in the office when you first got in? I, I want you to tell that one. Then we'll, we'll kind of dig into this yeah. consistency. Piece. That was a huge lesson learned. Literally the very first real estate sales meeting I went to. After the meeting, there are four of us sitting around just sort of you know talking, and it was the the manager of the office, the assistant manager who was a, who was the uh, the the, uh, the trainer, and. Me and this one other agent, his name is Joe. He's one of those old curmudgeons, grouchy guy, you know, for whom, you know, he questions everything. Nothing ever works right. You know, not what, you know, he was just real grouchy, but I love him for it. You know, he's really, really, really funny guy. And he asked this one question to the manager and the assistant manager. And he, he asked, okay, how does Shala really do it? And Shala was the biggest agent in the office sold 35 to 45 million dollars worth of real estate 20 years ago. So you know she was big time and she's still big time to this this to today. So Joe says, how does Shala do it? And Roger, my manager, says, Joe, she just does what we tell her to do. You know, which which and what he was saying is, you know, yeah, you know, all the tools are out there. Training is out there, you know. If this this isn't rocket science, you know, it's not brain surgery. There are things that we can do to get business. We just got to do them. 
And that's where most people fail is, is, is getting the instruction on what to do. They just don't implement. They just don't put it, put it into practice. I, I, re- I really do love that story because it just, it's so simple, but yet it's challenging enough to do this. So here's, here's my question for you, because I think I, I heard a little glimmer of how it works in your world. You, you mentioned every Thursday, right? You have a stack on your desk. Every Thursday you dive in, you call your house anniversaries. Is part of your secret to consistency having systems, habits? Well, what is it for you? How have you managed to be so consistent? For Because th- this is the place where I think a lot of agents stumble. That's a great question. So yes, is a short answer. Being consistent with your time blocking. Um, I have a calendar and I have an hour a day devoted to some various type of prospecting that I must do. It is the priority. I cannot... I can't do anything else until I've done that hour's worth of prospecting. Just an hour. Just an hour. But every week, every day is, is a different theme. Thursdays are my, are my annual reviews. Um, and, uh, and just doing that hour every day, you know, I just, you just have to push aside answering the, uh, the emails, answering the phone calls. I do it in the morning, uh, usually at 11 a.m., and uh, but everybody should pick a different hour that works for them. But for me, mornings works well because I save all my listing appointments for the afternoon. I'm very consistent on being able to book listing appointments in the afternoon. That leaves my mornings free to prospect and to figure out marketing and do all my all my prospecting. And you just got to do it. I think of it this way. I think my major number one job, my number one job that I have to do in real estate is prospecting. That comes before actually doing a deal or doing any or, or or doing anything else. And I love it that 20 years later, that still is your job. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And, and honestly, every, every uh, team leader that I talk to, no matter how big or how small the team, that seems to be their main job too. Yeah. Managing a team is, is takes some time and all that. And, and we talk a lot about cold lead uh, marketing, how to get that going, but, still all comes back that we all need to do warmly uh, marketing or prospecting, whatever you want to call it. It sounds like if you do the, I mean, we, we mentioned a little bit about the difference between a warm lead strategy and a cold lead strategy. If you do the warm lead strategy right over time, it becomes more a larger and larger percentage of your business, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And you want to get it to, you know, 75, 80% of your business. And, and, you know, the difference really is, is that warm leads are just, they're just so much more nicer to deal with. You know, these are people that already know you right. and they already trust you. And even if it's a referral from a past client, you've got what we call the triangle of trust there. You know, you've got, got this, this person that knows you and loves you and trusts you, you know, that referred you to their friend. And so because they're, you know, they're friends, this friend trusts this person that referred you. Therefore, they're going to trust you, you know, on the other end of that triangle. So there's a triangle of trust there. And and when you meet this person that's been referred, you, you refer back to the person that's referred to you and you and you tell them, hey, I know that because George referred you to me, I need to work extra hard to make sure I do a great job for you so that George hears about it and George feels good about referring me to you, you're you to me. Um, and that's a warm lead. And those people are already predisposed to listen to what you have to say about the market. You don't have to work about proving yourself that you are the expert in the market. They already know you're the expert. And so it's a much, much, much easier piece of business to deal with. 
And they're usually nicer people. And the, and it's exactly the opposite with coldies. Coldies don't trust you. They don't know you from Adam. You, the main thing with coldies to do is to try to warm them up. And that's, it takes some doing. You have to learn a lot of techniques about how to, uh, to help cold leads understand that you are the expert in business. And that can take a while. Totally makes sense. So, so, so we've got about t- 10 minutes left. I, I want to dig in a little bit into the, the farming that you do. And just because there's only so much we can cover, obviously, in, in 30 minutes. Right. But um, you mentioned the other day you have a number of different farms and you do some pretty cool things in those farms. Like, I mean, I thought I'd heard everything in the farm, but you, you said you brought around uh, a truck. with donut a truck. Fresh fried donut trucks, man, geez. They're fried literally in the truck. So the entire neighborhood smells these donuts being fried on a Saturday morning, nine to 11. So yeah, it's a very cool, fun thing to do. Um, I have five neighborhoods that I farm now, geo farming. So those postcards and those newsletters go out, postcards every month, newsletters every two months. Uh, but uh, once or twice a year, we'll also bring a food truck to the neighborhood just to celebrate the neighborhood, just to thank them for their business. No obligation necessary. It's either that fresh fried donut truck or a in the middle of, of summer, it'll be a Slurpee truck, like in the afternoon, to help the kids cool off, whatnot. Um, geofarming. Geofarming is is sort of like the next level of of, of listing lead um, generation. You have to start with with the warm lead stuff. Start with your sphere of influence. Start with your past clients. Um, that uh, that said, uh, even back in the day, now I'm thinking about it. You know, the neighborhood I used to live in back in Chapel Hill. Same thing, you know, walking the dog or just knowing the neighbor, knowing the neighbors. I definitely farmed that neighborhood and, and got a lot of a lot of listings just out of that small neighborhood. So, but that's the key: is if you're going to farm, you got to put your personal touch into it. You can't just send send postcards and newsletters and whatnot without being somehow physically, personally present in that neighborhood. Some way, somehow, you got to find a way. You got to find an in to get involved in the neighborhoods that you're farming with, literally, personally. Yeah, my, my guess was as it's kind of stacked, layered on top of each other, um, you also have a lot of your past clients in Sphere at this point inside those farms. So is it, is it kind of doubling up? Like, does it layer one on top exactly. of as your career grows? Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things we do in order to get that food truck into that neighborhood where I don't live in that neighborhood, we most sometimes, most of the time, we have to ask one of our past clients who lives in that neighborhood, hey, can you talk to the HOA for us and get our food truck approved for coming into the neighborhood? Um, so yeah, and it, frankly, it's just another excuse for me to touch base with that past client. And if, because they know, know me and like me and trust me, they're happy to help. So, and think of that as, like I said earlier, you know, we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. And sometimes we have to ask for help in this real estate business. I have to learn how to do that. And, uh, and boy, it's a lot easier with your past clients that know you, like you, and love you. So you got to keep in touch with those people and occasionally ask for their help. I love it. And any, any mistakes you made running a, you know, geographic farming over the years that you're like, Oh man, I've done it. Would just learn to do it differently now or anything that, that you're like, if you're going to, if you're going to start a farm or you have a farm, you really should consider this. 
Yeah, absolutely. So probably about five, six, seven years ago, there came out to be this new thing uh, where uh, lots of companies were talking about digitally farming neighborhoods where they would they had ways of of uh, a predict oh predictive analysis predictive, predictive analytics. analytics predictive yeah. analytics yeah yeah where they would predict like you know in this neighborhood ten to twenty percent of these houses should be ready to sell this year and so you know so start uh, postcarding the neighborhood and we've got email addresses and phone numbers start calling them you know cold calling cold calling people who don't know you don't trust you. Hey, want to sell your house? Get out. Oh, geez. You know, that's not a good, that's not a good lead generation activity. No, don't do that. Um, the other thing I would say is, is, like I said, if you're going to farm a neighborhood, make sure you get involved with it somehow personally, because there are, there were some other neighbors I just did postcards and newsletters to and didn't get a whole lot out of. Oh, one more thing about farming is if you are going to do it, you got to commit to doing it for a pretty long time. How long? You know, even the people that sell you these postcards and newsletters will tell you, hey, it takes eight repetitions for them to be even begin to notice who you are. So eight months of, of postcarding and newslettering for them to even notice you, that really means it takes two to three years of po constant postcards and newsletters for them to really begin to think, oh my God, Armand, he controls this neighborhood. I better call him bless my house. So be prepared for a pretty sizable investment. And like you said, consistency takes money, takes time. I love it. All right, we got a, we got a couple minutes left. Here's my last question morning. We definitely have to have you on again, Armand, because there's so much we can unpack here. Um, if we were to drop you into a new market, okay, take you out of North Carolina, plop you down somewhere else, what do you, what would you do right off the bat? What would your plan be for the first like six months rather? What would you, what would you, what would you do? Great question, Jesse. So, um, yeah, I think the first thing is let's assume that I bought a house in a neighborhood. Uh, I would get involved with that neighborhood's HOA somehow. Like I'm on the grounds committee of my local neighborhood here. Same thing there. I would just volunteer to get involved with the HOA. And I'd walk the neighborhood with my dog. Yeah. Um, I would, I might even do, I'd certainly start postcarding him, uh, farming him, might even do um, door hangers. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time, but I did those back in the day where you literally walk up to the door and knock on the door and say, hey, here's my, here's my thing, you know, just if you want to ever want to talk about real estate, let me know. And people don't answer the door, you just leave it on the on the door doorknob. Um I try I would I would go to the playgrounds and hang out with the kid. Uh, although I don't have a kid anymore, so that would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> My son's 25 years old. He's not gonna you, hang you, out you gotta wait for the grandkids now. You gotta wait for grandkids oh. and you can go back in that cycle. But one other thing I did do here is uh I was playing basketball. We have a basketball court here. So just playing basketball with 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 guys in the neighborhood. And that's what I mean by that personal touch. Um, or, you know, and if there were, if the neighbor didn't have a basketball court, get involved with a rec league and start playing basketball there or pickleball or whatever it is you want to do. Um, uh, also get involved with the local um, 
local zoning people, you know, who, you know, there's usually citizen advisory committees about about local zoning ordinances, you know, what neighborhoods are coming up, what what buildings are being built. I would get involved with that just to meet people. Ah, business networking. That's something I did a lot of uh, back in 2008, 9, 10, 11, got a ton of business. Um, there should be like business networking international and BNI and there should be some good little local business networking groups that you can get involved with, uh, where you meet other professionals that can, that can prefer you. I love it. Well, I just want to say thank you, Armand. This is truly, I mean, it, what I love most chatting with you about this is you make it sound so easy. <laughs> like, like I know there's nothing it's, it's not hard. It takes, it just takes a little effort, but it's like, you just, it gives it this sense of comfort that like, all I got to do is just go make friends with people. Right. Well, yeah, it does come down to that. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for being here. This is great. Armand. Uh, everybody else is here. If you got questions, we'll put the content in. What's the best way for people to, to, to reach you if they have questions, they want to connect with you, Armand. Oh, okay. Uh, check out my website. It's uh, teamarmand.com. Team A-R-M-A-N-D dot com team just go there and shoot me a note all right i love it have a great day everybody we will uh, we'll see you tomorrow on this is awesome seriously thank you so much thank you bye guys if you'd like more information or to get connected to the agent power huddle join our free facebook group this call was designed for the agents in our exp organization but open to any agent from any brokerage if you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about exp or our specific resources within the agent collective reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info produced by the agent collective media network